Well, hello and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts in the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and today on this edition of The Conversation, I'm speaking with Katherine Harlow. She is Domestic and Sexual Violence Counselor with Domestic and Sexual Violence Services. Katherine is here to talk with us today about reclaiming joy after assault. Now, Catherine is very qualified to talk about that. She's a registered art therapist and licensed professional counselor who's worked for Fairfax County's Domestic and Sexual Violence Services Division for the past five years, providing both individual and group therapy services to those who've experienced domestic violence, sexual violence, stalking, and human trafficking. Catherine, thanks for being here on the County Conversation Podcast with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation. Before we dive deep and uh, talk about you know healing from trauma and reclaiming your joy. Let's first learn a bit more about domestic violence, sexual violence, and stalking. Now, you'll notice I didn't include human trafficking uh, since we just had a podcast on that topic mm-hmm. in January. So let's just start with domestic violence, sexual violence, and stalking. If you could kind of paint a broad brush stroke picture of those issues, and then we can dive deeper if we need to. Yeah, I'd be happy to d- give some definitions of those. Okay. So domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors used by a partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might include using emotional abuse, psychological abuse, financial abuse, sexual abuse, or physical violence, um, and more. Okay. Is it common in Fairfax County? Yes. Uh, domestic violence, about one in three women and one in four men will experience um, physical violence by an intimate partner, mm-hmm. but those numbers can be higher for um, emotional abuse, because not all domestic violence includes physical abuse. Oh, interesting. I just kind of always assumed that domestic violence meant physical violence. So, Nope. It's a much broader uh, definition that we use within the agency to make sure that we're able to support people going through this um, particular abuse. Okay. Before we dive deep into the topic, how just broad again, how do you provide that support? So we have a hotline where folks can can call to seek services within the agency. We also have an advocacy team that will help individuals seek things like uh, protective orders, legal resources. We have emergency shelters for folks that need to leave their home for safety reasons. And then we offer individual and group counseling services. Is there a season, uh, you know, for domestic violence, sexual violence? In other words, is it more prevalent at certain times of the year than others, or is it just 365 all every year? It ebbs and flows. I would hmm. say some particular times where we see increases are times of weeks or times of year where drinking might be more prevalent. Hmm. So around drinking holidays, during the pandemic, we noticed an increase in domestic violence because people were trapped at home, right. tensions right, were high, right, right. Uh, trauma and stress was higher anyway. So... I want to make sure we kind of, you know, set the stage to kind of get into the topic that we're going to be talking about. So if someone has experienced domestic violence, sexual violence, stalking, human trafficking, whatever the case may be, how do they get to the other side and get that past them? Or can they get past that? Yes. So healing from any trauma, but particularly the trauma with domestic violence and sexual violence, is very possible, um, and healing and moving forward to live a happier, 
healthier life is a big reason why I do this work. I really mm. believe that that recovery is possible. And I've seen that recovery. I've, I fortunately been very, very fortunate to bear witness to that recovery. Mm. So it is possible, but it doesn't happen overnight. Right. Uh, just like trauma is not usually caused overnight, right. it's particularly interpersonal trauma. It builds over time. And it's it's little things that happen every day. Mm. Is there a key or keys to that healing process? There's a couple. Uh, okay. There's many keys that I like to recommend to my clients. Okay. And what's interesting is some of it sounds a little cliche. Like it sounds like the stuff <laughs> okay. that you might see on social media where people are talking about self-care. But it really is returning to focusing on your your own health, your wellness, yourself. So things like, you know, engaging in regular exercise or physical movement, even like gently stretching in, in the morning, taking care of your body, you know, focusing on things like increasing your sleep, focusing on your sleep routines, aiming to get at least seven hours of sleep per night, which can be really difficult for trauma survivors because one of the big symptoms a lot of folks I work with suffer from are nightmares, mm -hmm. difficulty falling asleep waking up frequently. So really honing in on that can be really beneficial. Engaging in hobbies, mm. activities, things that bring you joy, things that you feel like contribute to your personal growth can be a really important part of the process. And they may not be returning to old hobbies that you used to like. And, and that's okay. Mm. Folks may realize that, you know, I used to really like hiking, but maybe now I don't feel safe hiking in the woods alone anymore. Mm. But maybe now I I walk on a treadmill or I go to a Zumba class. So the hobbies might change, but, but finding enriching activities. Finding something to do instead of just sitting in your room and dwelling mm -hmm. on it, if you will. And, and really finding ways to like reconnect with yourself, but also reconnect with the community, the support system. Finding people in your life, whether you already have them or go out and meet new folks that are supportive, that understand you, that care for you, that make you feel safe. Mm -hmm. Interpersonal trauma, so things like sexual trauma, domestic violence trauma, they occur within the context of a relationship with another person. So oftentimes the healing needs to happen within a relationship with another person. Hmm. Safe people. <laughs> right, right. A good clarification point. Um, and I'm, I'm just assuming, and I'm, I'm assuming I'm right, that's, that's a hard hurdle to get over. That, that trust issue with other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Yeah. Trusting other people is really, really difficult for trauma survivors, particularly survivors of interpersonal trauma. And sometimes that comes from, you know, the people that have hurt us might be the people that we trust. So in domestic violence, you know, it's it's some it's a partner. It's somebody that you maybe lived with or built a life with. Um, in sexual violence, a lot of sexual violence is actually perpetrated by a person that that victim knows. Mm -hmm. So somebody within their support system or an acquaintance or a friend of a friend. So it can be difficult to trust not only other people, but I've worked with a lot of trauma survivors that have a hard time trusting their gut and their own instincts mm. and trusting themselves after right. trauma. Because they, they, they fell into that situation before, mm -hmm. if you will. They tend to blame themselves. Yeah, they feel like I trusted this person. Right. So <clears throat> are my instincts... Did I not see the red flags? Right. Did I ignore the red flags? Can, can I trust my instincts to trust another person? Um, tips on how to get over that gut feeling, if you will, or being able to reconnect to people. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, what do you tell your clients or people that you're working with? So one really good step is is therapy. I, ideally, I do like to, the clients that I work with to reconnect outside of therapy because they only see me one hour a week. Right. There's many, many more hours a week, <laughs> and I want them to build a natural support system. But sometimes, even if they've got a support system that they trust for things like, hey, I had a bad work day, like come hang out, they might not be disclosing their trauma yet. Right. So therapy can be a safe place for them to share what happened, how it's impacted them, how they want to move forward. That can be done individually. I also highly recommend group therapy services. A lot of survivors of trauma feel really alone. They see the numbers, like you know, sexual trauma survivors will see the number that one in two women and one in two, one in four men have experienced sexual trauma, but they don't feel like they know anybody. Mm-hmm. And group therapy services can provide a really safe, clinician mediated environment Mm. so i'm there mediating everything i'm there helping connect the folks we i keep people on track make sure that our our topics are safe and and slowly build on each other but really it creates a space where they're just surrounded by people that know what it's like to go through what they want right so that group therapy could be the first step into that reconnecting with people aspect of it right Mm -hmm. yeah into building experiences where they've shared a piece of their trauma and Mm. instead of being met with feeling judged or blamed they're being met with people who are nodding and shaking their heads and going yeah i felt that way too me too right Mm -hmm. all right cool we're talking with Catherine harlow on the county conversation podcast she is a domestic and sexual violence counselor with domestic and sexual violence services for fairfax county you mentioned therapy and you do sessions now, is that within the domestic and sexual violence services, or do you also have an outside practice, or explain that a little bit more? So I work as a counselor for domestic and sexual violence services. There, we provide free short-term counseling services for survivors of domestic violence, sexual violence, stalking, human trafficking. We also work with a lot of secondary survivors, so we'll work sometimes with parents who maybe their children have experienced abuse siblings, um, partners who are are trying to figure out how to support their loved ones. And that is both individual and group. And we serve folks who've been impacted within Fairfax County. So that could mean that the um, incident occurred in Fairfax County or they work and live in Fairfax County. I do work for a group practice outside of Fairfax County in Alexandria City area. Okay. All right. Good to know. I don't know if I should have gone here or not, but question popped in my mind. Hey, what's the cost? <laughs> Free. Okay. Well, Our survivor services, they are short-term because we're a grant-funded program. And what is short-term? About 10 sessions oh, per okay. person. Okay. But survivors can access both individual and group, so you don't have to pick one or the other, which is great because they're both so beneficial for different reasons. And we offer our groups throughout the year about one a season. Hmm, I would say. So I'm currently doing my winter sexual violence support group, and then I'll do another one in spring, summer, fall, as long as we have enough participants, which we pretty much always do. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But all of our services are free of cost, no insurance needed, um, no like documentation status or anything like that. And so how would someone find a find out about those services or enroll in the counseling, those type of things? Is there a phone number, website, 
How do we reach out? So we do have a website that has all the phone numbers, but one of the best ways to get in touch with us is to call our 24-hour domestic and sexual violence hotline. Okay. Um, that is answered during the day by staff, in the evenings by volunteers. They are great at providing resources, some coping, basic grounding exercises, and can submit referrals for services. Okay. Why don't you, since you mentioned it, what's that, what is that phone number? That number is 703-360-7273. We'll try to remember to make sure we mention that at least a couple more times before we wrap up today. I'll probably give you the final word and uh, when we wrap up and let you mention that as well. So we've talked about uh, the kind of topic or theme we're talking about today is how to reclaim your joy after a sexual assault, domestic assault. You've mentioned um, individual therapy, group therapy, counseling services. Um, does this question tie in with that? Coping. I mean, how, how do you actually cope with the feeling or knowing that you're, is it a right word, a victim of domestic or sexual violence? So when it comes to working, just to answer the question about victim of, I really like to use the label that any my clients use. So some people will come into services and they might identify as a victim, mm. particularly if they've reported something to the police or been through the legal system. Right. They've heard the word victim right. a lot because right. it's, a, it's a crime and they're technically the victim right. of a crime. Some folks like the word survivor. Some mm. folks aren't comfortable with either mm. word yet. So it could be just a person who's experienced. Oh, okay. Violence might be what they're comfortable with in the moment. Coping is one of the first things hmm. that we work on. After the initial, hey, what brings you here? What okay. are you hoping right, to work right. on? Coping is the next big step. And coping is really what we do from moment to moment to survive these stressful right. experiences right. that we've had. And some folks come into therapy and they've already got coping tools established that they've been working on. They have found things that help. And then some are really kind of lost. But either way, there's some specific key things that I usually teach at the beginning of every therapeutic relationship. Well, don't leave me hanging there. What are they? Yeah. So, and these are actually things that listeners could practice. They're okay. beneficial kind of for all of us as human beings. So one of the more of the simple portable coping skills that I really like is grounding using your five senses. And what I like about this is you have access to the senses you have access to no matter where you are, no matter the time of day. You don't need special equipment. You don't need a special skill set. And this looks like really just putting yourself back in your body and back in the here and now, which is one of our goals of trauma therapy. Trauma and stress has a tendency to pull us out of the present moment, whether by pulling us backwards in time to the mm. past where that trauma was occurring mm. or stress can pull us to the the future so if somebody experiences a lot of anticipatory anxiety about an upcoming court date or public speaking event they're being pulled out of the present because they're focusing mm. on that future right. the work in the place where we get to kind of stabilize and do the work on healing happens in the present moment so grounding is a way to pull ourselves back to now the way that I like to encourage folks to do that is just look around the space that you're in so you don't need to be anywhere special and just start to label, hey, what are the five things that I'm seeing in this space? And being specific, what are four things that I feel? And by feel, I'm talking touch, tactile feeling. So mm. feel your feet on the ground. 
Notice the feeling of the temperature in the room or your back against your chair. Three things that you hear, two things that you smell, and if applicable, one thing that you taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one doesn't always apply if you don't have like candy or, or a drink or something. Right. You know. Or you could taste your leftover lunch you had. <laughs> yeah, which could be unpleasant. <laughs> right. All right. That's interesting. So um, talk to me a little bit more about these these senses and, and why five, four, three, two, one. Is there any significance to that? Yes and no. Okay. Um, so I say no because different folks may realize that different senses are stronger for them. Hmm. So if for you, your sense of sight is the one that is the most grounding for you, you're going to want to focus on more things that you see. Somebody who's maybe a musician, their sense of sound might be really strong, so they might want to swap it. And it might be five things they hear, and down the line, only three things they see. The count is really to make sure you're doing enough of the grounding. Gotcha. Is really to have some sort of structure and framework so that while you're learning the skills, you're spending enough time focusing on the environment to actually ground. Instead of looking at like one light switch and saying it doesn't work. <laughs> so this is a kind of a guideline. It's not a checklist. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in my room and I go, okay, I got my five senses, but I, I, can't, I can't come up with four feels or three hears. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's more of a guideline. It's more of a guideline to make sure you're spending enough, enough time, time in the environment trying to feel into the current space in the current moment. Right. You can also, if you're in an environment you have control over, Feel free to manipulate that environment to make it both grounding and relaxing. If you've got a favorite smell, light that candle and have that mm. be one of the, the scents you focus on. Put on a favorite song or walk into a room where you've got your favorite fuzzy blanket. You can you can manipulate it as, as well if that's going to be both grounding and more calming. Right. Still on the coping tools and, and grounding, are there other coping tools beyond the, the grounding type exercises? Yeah, so another one I like to teach is some sort of mindfulness work. And I usually mm. start with mindful breathing because we all have access to our breath at all times. And we times, all breathe. And we, all breathe. <laughs> and, and we have to breathe. And But we can sometimes use our breath as a way to thrive, not only to survive. And, and that's what this is focusing on. Okay. And mindfulness is really the practice of setting your intention for what I'm going to focus on. And for trauma survivors, this can be important because that deep mindful breath re-regulates our nervous system. We have science to support that slowing down our breath regulates our nervous system. Mm. But also feeling like you have some control over what you're going to be focusing on can be really powerful for somebody who's been experiencing nightmares or flashbacks or intrusive thoughts and feels like they're really out of control. Of their kind of an easy victory, if you will. Uh, I'm freaking out, so let me get control of my breath, and then I can, yeah. I've got that first step, and then I can move on. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of slow everything down, Right. take a minute. And mindful breathing, the way I like to start people off with it, is to have them kind of place their feet on the floor, if they can, depending on where they are. If it's safe to do so, they can close their eyes, but they certainly don't have to. And to just start taking slow breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Mm. And with each breath in, you're noticing the physical sensation of your breath. So noticing the feelings of your chest rise, your abdomen fill with air with each inhale. With each exhale, noticing your chest fall, your abdomen deflate, and and staying with that movement and just noticing those physical sensations. And when your mind wanders, and I say when, 
because <laughs> unless you've been practicing right. mindfulness work for right. 50 plus years, you're human and your mind will wander. Right. It's just noticing. Okay, I've wandered away. Without judgment, return back to your breath right. and keep that that practice up. As you were describing the breathe in through the nose and exhale through the mouth, I was I just found myself going, oh, okay, I'm very relaxed as she's doing this. So. Yeah. It's a really nice practice, and it's you can do it in the moment when you're experiencing stress. It also could be a really good morning ritual mm. for folks who feel like they need to start their morning off with something other than immediately grabbing their phone right. <laughs> and, check and checking email. Huh. Uh, it can be a good pre-bed exercise for, yeah. for survivors to kind of let's, let's re-relax, regulate the nervous system before we try to fall asleep. Yeah. Only got a couple of minutes left. Anything else we need to hit? And we've we've kind of covered coping tools, grounding, mindful breathing, mindfulness. Anything else? I think that's the big stuff. Um, I think some of it is really just kind of. I like to highlight to anyone who's experienced any sort of trauma that it's not their fault, and that any of the symptoms that they're experiencing are actually really normal. So if you're sleeping too much or sleeping too little, experiencing nightmares, hypervigilance changes in appetite or mood, noticing that you're isolating yourself. These are all really, really normal symptoms and experiences. You're not doing anything wrong. This is just the natural response mm -hmm. to a trauma. Domestic and sexual violence hotlines, 24 hours a day. Yes. Tell us the number again. Uh, folks so that call. number is 703-360-7273. Okay. 703-360-7273. Of course, if you want to go online first and get some more information, et cetera, just go to fairfaxcounty.gov and search domestic and sexual violence services. It'll bring up the page. It's got the telephone number on there and everything like that. Uh, good conversation today, Catherine. Anything I I didn't ask, you're going, God, I wish you could ask me about this, or anything you just want to make sure our listeners leave with knowing about the the issue of how to reclaim your joy after a domestic violence or sexual violence assault. I just want folks to know that it is possible um, and that the goal of healing from trauma is, is not to wave magic wand. That's not what you're going to do in counseling, but our goal is going to be to help you put that in the past mm. so that you're going to look back when it is something that happened to you rather than something that you're re-experiencing every time right. something reminds you of. All right. Cool. Awesome. Catherine, thank you. You're welcome. Catherine Harlow with us on the County Conversation Podcast. Thanks to her for being here. Thanks to you for listening. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, I encourage you to go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash news, or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. That is weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on the County Conversation Podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government. Thank you.